did this ourselves. They're coming. It can't be. Where is everyone? Hey out there, Survivors Makeshift back with the Swede for another very topical episode of the Apocalypse Postcast. Today we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's newest offering called... The Army of the Dead. It's live already on Netflix, so you can check it out anytime. But if you want to know what it's going to be like before you do that, without actually watching it yourself, to see if you want to put in the time, because you don't really have to pay for it, because you're already paying for Netflix. But if you want to know how it's going to be before you go onto Netflix, log in and click that play button. You can check it out right now. All right, well, let's get started. Let's um, let's start off by welcoming Swede back to the show. Welcome back, Swede. Hey, Makeshift. How you doing? Not too bad. All right, guys. Well, the Swede and I just watched this movie at the exact same time from across uh, two time zones, which was actually a lot of fun. Was it? It was. It was. It was more fun <laughs> to watch with you than it was to watch. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first time since what 2012 we watch a movie together. That's probably right. Oh Damn. man, that's unfortunate. <laughs> Nine years. Oh man, do you remember like back in the day? It was the thing to do to like rent a movie with all your buddies and all crowd into a living room and watch. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. I'm very old. (laughs) It's kind of what it felt like. (laughs) But um, I watch movies with my friends a lot. Yeah, same. Same. That was the thing to do. You'd you'd rent um, like uh, Quest for the Holy Grail for the 12th time and watch it all together. Mm -hmm. I mean, I still do it a lot. Not Quest for the Holy Grail specifically, but... (laughs) Watch movies with my friends. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, because uh, yeah, thanks for uh, setting up the Discord. We actually that was a that was a cool way to watch it. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's not using Discord for what it's intended for, but it... <laughs> well, guys, we're gonna start out the same way we did this last time. We're gonna try to do a no spoiler beginning to our review. Um, it it won't be long, 10, 15 minutes. But then after that, we're gonna say, hey, spoiler warning, we're going for it. And uh, from then on, you know, all bets are off. We're going to we're gonna spoil the hell out of this movie as we kind of rip it to shreds. Is there anything to spoil? I mean... I don't know. They're, like, was there anything they didn't show us in the trailer <laughs> that happened in the movie? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. But, uh, so, in case you're not, you're not uh, getting it out there yet, um, this movie is... There's not a whole lot going on. <laughs> okay. There's a lot going on. Yeah. But it's it, just not very complex, I yeah, guess. It's as I don't know sh- that I wanted it to be any more complex than it was. In fact, there were as I'm sure we'll get into in the spoilery section, there was some parts I, I think they could have even left out. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, but yeah, let's just do our, our thumbs up, thumbs down. What did we do last time? Did we do thumbs up, thumbs down? I don't think we did. Bombs? Burn it? Burn it or churn it? We had a Oh did man. We? we had some okay, ratings. Someone's going to have to like write a comment on on your Facebook page or something I guess and tell us what we did last time so we can get it right <laughs> next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh anyway, let's just let's let me ask you this, Swede. What did you think of the movie? I liked it. Makeshift. Did you? I I did like it. I mean, look. It's a Zack Snyder movie. Yeah. So it's at least half an hour longer than it has to be. <laughs> um <laughs> There's a bunch of completely gratuitous, out-of-focus nonsense. Uh-huh. Um, there's... And you know, I, th- I thought the, the level of violence was, like, appropriate for for what it is, which is, you know, like a zombie shoot-em-up movie. Uh-huh. 
but of course it's a Zack Snyder film, so there's a bunch of gratuitous violence and destruction for no reason. Uh huh. Um, but I mean, yeah, it did what it said on the box, right? Yeah, it sure did. It was they set up a movie and then they showed us that movie exactly the way they they sold it to us. It's so true. And speaking of which, um, Army of the Dead is was tagged as like a like a it was a zombie movie meets like a casino heist. Um, yeah, that's fair. Which was not yeah. There's there's absolutely nothing uh, incorrect about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is exactly what yeah. it was. Uh, so on Netflix, it's it's. Um, it's described as after a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries takes the ultimate gamble by venturing into the quarantine zone for the greatest heist ever, which I don't think 200 million comes anywhere close to the greatest heist ever. But um, that's what they were trying to get was 200 million dollars that's kept in a bank vault uh, somewhere in Vegas. That's the setup. Casino vault. Casino. What I say? Bank vault? Bank vault. I mean, I hope that was a casino vault. If the bank is keeping their money in a casino basement, that's shady as hell. It was absolutely a casino vault. Uh, But yeah, it was tucked away. It was the casino bank. Let's just say that. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. All right. And so this was uh, starring Dave Bautista. Where does he come from? He was a wrestler, right? Is that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I I mean, mean, he's a really good actor. And it all, like, I don't know why I feel this way when when I see him. But he looks like such a meathead that it's, I, I'm always like, and I've seen so many movies where he does a great job. He's great in Guardians of the Galaxy. He was really great in both. I mean, he didn't have like a big role in Blade Runner 2049, uh-huh. but there was that little short film they did, the little like, they did like three short films for Blade Runner 2049 that took place between the two Blade Runner movies. And he was the main character in one, in one of those and was amazing. And in this movie, I mean, he's really, the acting is great from him in this movie. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And it did seem like where his character um, had shortfalls, it wasn't from his acting. It was more just because the script was a little, I don't right. know, like there were these these moments of um, emotion and, and connectivity between characters that really felt thrown into the middle of action, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, I there was a there was a, several scenes of that where like this is a great conversation and both people in it are acting the hell out of this situation but why are you having this conversation right now yeah uh, the the uh, the note i kept taking was uh suspension of disbelief because when you go into this movie you're going to need a lot of it <laughs> yeah i mean i mean the zombies so right yeah yeah but i don't know i've seen i've seen zombies done better that's for sure um, you, you know, but you do know every, that zombies are not real. I know that zombies are not real, and, and but here's the thing: uh, every zombie movie has the opportunity to set up their own rules that they can then follow or not follow, right? Mm-hmm. And so, in in really good zombie movies, they set up rules and then follow them. Um, yeah. This one's the the rules seem to change a bit along the way. Well, I, I so they have a I'm going to try and say this without spoiling anything. They have they have a system. They do mention this. A little bit in the trailer they hint at it that there's different kinds of zombies mm-hmm. in this world and they have different rules and while that's like a cool setup and it kind of makes sense it feels a lot like it was not done in order to like expand the backstory it was done because they needed to like hit certain points in like oh well we have we need to have this scene so therefore we need a different kind of zombie for that <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, so there are, there's definitely two distinct zombies in this. Um, and I don't know why they needed to have two distinct zombies. It didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. Because the some of the zombies work for the, the, the shambling along, and some of them have to run fast to make it more exciting <laughs> later. Yeah. And we, we've seen that. <laughs> that. That's kind of popped up in a few more modern zombie movies, right? Didn't they have that kind of thing in um, in the new Zombieland? There was like a new ultra zombie. I, I didn't see the new Zombieland. Why not? Saw the original one. Okay. Well, I just spoiled it for, for you then. Oh, man. Now, I, oh, it's ruined now. <laughs> although, although, if you've seen the first Zombieland, you've already spoiled the second Zombieland. <laughs> I figured if I've seen the first one, I've kind of seen the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a huge Zombieland fan I, uh, for either of them. They just... I, I don't know. They just didn't do it for me. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of stuff in the first one that I that I really enjoyed, but then there was also a lot of nonsense that... I, I don't know. It didn't felt like it fit in. Yeah. It didn't feel like it was one movie. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It felt like they were doing two things at once and neither of them were working well. And now this movie does a lot of things at once, but I do think it worked pretty well. Yeah. Well, okay. So tell me, tell me what you loved about it. I mean, all the usual zombie film stuff, right? It's a bunch yeah. of action nonsense. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> <laughs> all right what, so what are we looking for like compelling character arcs here <laughs> well well th- th- we that's the them. funny thing and that's what actually <laughs> bugged me was we i didn't need the character arcs i think right the, the way they set it up in the beginning this 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 group of mercenaries they're gonna go try to get some money that's all i need um but so, you know a few times the the more uh depth that they gave the actors is actually what kind of like took me out of the moment and spoiled the movie for me along the way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. No, a little bit. They could have done more show. Don't tell. I think Mm -hmm. with the character progression as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right. What do you think about like the cinematography and the special effects? I think Zack Snyder needs to get out of his own ass a little bit. (laughs) Um, I, I'm not going to like, I'm not going to diss, uh, Zach's, like I couldn't shoot a movie like that. Like, and he's got a flavor, right. Of, uh-huh. of cinematography that he likes and he did his own cinematography for this. Um, which is a really tough thing to do. I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not bad mouthing him from a achievement standpoint. Uh, I certainly couldn't. Do, and like, I'm not out there shooting zombie movies. So like, <laughs> <laughs> armchair general here but um there were some choices made uh, like we mentioned there was a lot of stuff that was out of focus which i like i personally really enjoy a, a tight depth of field mm-hmm. same and i think it can i i think you can make a lot of effect shots and stuff look a lot better if they're happening kind of in the background or <laughs> you don't have to like I think the 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 Peter Cushing scenes of Grand Moff Tarkin or Moff Tarkin whatever he was at the time in Rogue One would have been way better if if we saw like a reflection of him in a window or something instead of like a close up <laughs> tight right on the face like okay now you're kind of just showing off your flaws for no reason uh, and there was some of that in here that was really good but I felt like I don't know he got stuck in a loop of just like let's just make lots of stuff out of focus for no apparent reason 
Yeah, and there were a couple times when um, they went, like, you know, it would have been focused three inches in front of your face, but we're looking at this wide shot, like, down a hallway at a creature, right. and I'm trying to, like, motivate, why would this be out of focus? Did the character just get hit in the head? Is, is he just opening his eyes? No, none of that. It's just out of focus. Um, and so it's that didn't, it didn't make Zach any Snyder sense to being me. artsy. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, halfway through watching this movie... Uh, I think we were both kind of having the thought, what the heck did he shoot this on? And you looked it up. What'd you find out? Well, I mean, he shot it on custom red digital cameras with vintage Canon lenses that were rehoused into this fancy system. Right. So that, I mean, and he, it has a very good look. Like I'm not, I'm not harping on the way this movie looks in general. It's a very pretty movie. It is. Most and of the CG looks great. Most of it. Yeah. There was that, that, that being key. And actually, it was it was really funny. The one shot that really stood out to me as not being great CGI was a shot like um, bird's eye view looking down on some run, running zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for some reason, those were the most fake looking zombies, even though they were teeny tiny. Well, I, I agree with you. That was probably one of the fakest looking things in the in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, there there were a few instances of, well, that could have maybe looked better, but like also, it looked really good. I mean, <laughs> almost all of it was really solid. Yeah, yeah, I agree. and I mean, I I don't know exactly where they shot this, but my understanding was that none of it was shot in Vegas, which means like a lot of these scenes are in some way green screen. Yeah, I'm gonna guess because they spend like a, a significant amount of time outdoors with Vegas in the background. Yeah. I'm going to guess there's a lot of green screen happening in this. And it didn't look that way. It didn't look like a, a, a fully green screen movie. I Like if you I, had told me they shot that on the strip, I would have believed you. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then maybe just un- didn't some like, you know, digital matte painting to make the buildings look like they were falling apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did, it, it absolutely felt grounded in that sense. But what didn't feel grounded to me was some of the fight sequences. The editing was so... Um, uh, abusive, <laughs> it was really aggressive. That you ended up kind of yeah. losing where you were in even a small room, and how characters were moving off screen. Um, you know, a few times you you just forgot how every where everyone was in relation to each other. I mean, that's another Zack Snyder hallmark, right? Three hundred. It doesn't matter where the characters are; it matters this one slow mo close up of this one hit. <laughs> and then something else happens because now we're on to a different thing. Right. Or, I mean, Justice League, same thing. You have no idea where half the characters are half the time in a fight. It's this just, is where I get to whisper and go, I, I haven't seen Justice League. That You haven't seen it at all or you haven't seen the... I, the I haven't seen either part? of them. Okay. Well, and, and for the most part, I've heard that that's okay. <laughs> I'm going to agree that it is. I, I'm not a, a, like a DC guy uh-huh. by any means. I'm not a superhero movie guy, so I'm the wrong person to be asking about whether those are good. The original Justice League movie was garbage. <laughs> it was just <laughs> straight up awful. And the Snyder cut was more interesting, and okay. the CGI was way better. Was it more interesting just because it was longer, or, or no, was it was it actually genuine, like, a like there story? were more interesting choices made from a making a movie standpoint? Um, and I even enjoyed that it was in four by three aspect ratio. Oh, that's fun. I, I didn't even know that. 
it it was a choice based on the fact that he wanted the heroes when you have like the, the traditional superhero shot if you think of a comic book cover the aspect ratio of a comic book cover really helps sell the fact that this is a character that's larger than life they're like looming over the reader in some way oh right and they're tall and when you're looking at if you have like Lawrence of Arabia is the complete op- opposite of that, right? It's like super wide, ultra wide. The characters look minuscule always on screen because they're just enveloped in their surroundings. So he felt like, I guess, four by three would make these these heroes look bigger without having a bunch of filler on the side of them. That's pretty cool. And it, it is I, kind of interesting because now we choice. have a we have a whole generation of people that are really used to this like square or four by three aspect ratio thanks to like Instagram and TikTok and um, Instagram's even one by one right by default yeah yeah I mean so, I grew up without widescreen like widescreen was something you got in a movie theater right it was and I remember widescreen TVs and it was a whole weird thing when that started coming out but I mean young people who were you know. Coming up in the '90s, that's or or later. I realized there are 21 year olds now who are born in 2000. <laughs> I know it. Um, <laughs> um, are are used to widescreen. I can imagine it would be a little bit jarring seeing a movie that doesn't take up the whole screen, but in the other way. Right. Well, isn't um, what is it? It's a uh, the large screen, large format film. Um, IMAX. IMAX. IMAX is usually like four by three, isn't it? Yeah, because they can be. you know they want the the overhead envelopment a little more. Right. But IMAX is generally shot differently. To yeah, totally, totally. And as I understand it, Zack Snyder's original intention was for Justice League to be framed four by three. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of the shot setups kind of worked for that. But I can't imagine the amount of rework you would have to do <laughs> to like go <laughs> redo a movie from widescreen to four by three and have it make any sense at all. Right. All right, so getting back to um, like the edit, um, mm-hmm. I did notice they used a lot of editing techniques to make everything really punchy. Did you notice that? Yeah, like the camera feels the hits. It it it, it yeah. follows characters into the wall and, and crashes with them. Yeah. Um, in a lot of ways, I think you know this could almost be like a four D movie just based on its uh, editing and um, and its audio. Yeah, it felt impactful when things were happening. Totally, which is which is really cool because sometimes you know like cameras are are much more steady, they're much more static, locked down, um, and and it's interesting because it's really tough to kind of follow the action. It's tough to make a camera like like tell the story that way, and I think they they kind of nailed it on this one. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and then along with the audio, uh, any thoughts on soundtrack? No, none. Which must mean it was good. I never. I never felt like there was any out of play. Now, I watched this this movie in in two channel headphones uh-huh. because we were streaming it together. So I might have other comments. I'll come to you with personally <laughs> after I watch this in full surround. Um, the I, I felt like the music choices were good, if a bit on the nose. Uh huh. <laughs> but I, I I almost feel like there's a certain campiness to right to the movie not it, not over the top in any way it's not like you know a joke but there's a certain referential callbackiness to older zombie movies 
in this movie. And I feel like the music choices worked well with that. We had the, the great cover of, of Viva Las Vegas in the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. Zombie by the Cranberries made an appearance there. <laughs> Which, yeah. again, that's pretty on the nose. It, it fit in. It wasn't like jarring or anything. It was just, you know. Totally. Yeah. I think um, most of the music choices were great. There was actually a couple spots where the composed music... Um, especially once again, they're in these character relationship scenes. Uh, they made them extra campy with some almost soap opera esque yeah. music in the background that stood out to me. Um, but the rest of the music, the action music, the, uh, and the soundtrack, the songs, uh, they all fit beautifully for me. Yeah. And it's, it, it sounded good. I mean, yeah. I, we talked a little bit while we were watching the movie, the, the noises the zombies make, <laughs> Or a little little Jurassic Parky. It was a bit much. Um, I didn't. Oh, thinking back, I don't think I heard a single Wilhelm scream. Oh, you're right. How'd they do that? I mean, I might have missed one, but but I'm pretty sure that the um, the helicopter breaking down was the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> which did you sound did a mention. Lot. <laughs> like, yeah, there's there's a scene with the helicopter not not wanting to go, and it it sounded very Millennium Falcony. Yeah, maybe that was maybe maybe that was their Wilhelm scream. There you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and along with that, um, I took quite a few notes that were about like all the homages from other movies that popped up in here. And there were so many. There was Indiana Jones, Predator, I Am Legend, yep. Alien, like uh-huh. all these movies had moments in there. There was, uh, yeah, and there was a lot. And I, not, they weren't so overt that it felt fan servicey. Right. It was just like, Clearly inspirational. <laughs> and I, I actually, I really liked that. It was, it was fun. They, how non-spoilery do we want to be? Do we want to talk about that, that opening conversation? Um, hold, hold that off for just another minute. We'll yeah. make our like final opinions and then we'll, we'll go into yeah, some, you uh, haven't spoilers. even said what your opinion is. Did you like the movie? I liked the movie. I liked it. It's not, this is not a st- this is not going to be a standout zombie movie in 10 years, but um, considering it's on Netflix, <laughs> like this right. is a movie for a Netflix, you know? Yeah. This is as uh, good they, as Netflix gets. They did gets. do a, a, a theatrical release of this movie. I know. Yeah, it's at the it same time, It performed right? a little bit, but it still pulled in more money than any other Netflix movie has in theaters. That's awesome. And, it's, it's and yeah, days. this is a theater movie. Like, Oh yeah, this, this movie, like if... If you're in an area where it's safe to go to a movie theater right now uh, and you're vaccinated, mm-hmm. I would, if you have the option, I would say go, go watch this in a movie theater because it is, uh, it's very big. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of eye candy. Yeah. Right. And, and if you're not comfortable going out or you're not vaccinated yet, um, first of all, if you're medically able to go get vaccinated. <laughs> um, but th- I mean, great way to waste a couple hours in front of Netflix to, you know, this weekend or whatever. Right. Yeah. I agree because um, Netflix does have, I, I'm pretty sure I remember reading years ago that they had this plan to do like a post-apocalypse movie at least once a month. Uh, <laughs> and most of them are kind of on the level of uh, garbage. Not, yeah. not, I mean, Filler. they're just, they're just like time space. Like, you know, Netflix's entire business model is creating background noise. 
<laughs> and they know it. Like most people watching Netflix bit, are yeah. probably like working on their computer or cooking in the kitchen. Um, that's one of the biggest things Netflix is is doing is just creating background noise. Uh, this is right. not a background noise movie, so it's definitely a step above uh, a lot of Netflix's other offerings. Yeah, I mean, this movie does have a lot of big names in it. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as acting, I'm gonna actually look at a list here, even because. There's like too many to keep in my mind. <laughs> well, Dave Bautista, we mentioned. Uh huh. Tignataro. Who is, um, I know her best as being a comedian special guest on NPR quite often. Yes. Is that, is I mean, that... Tignataro is amazing. And yeah. if you like Tignataro, you're going to enjoy Tignataro's character because. That was a that was a great fit. Absolutely, yeah. There was almost everything she said was not written to be funny, but she makes it funny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is Tignataro's like, you know, pretty much claim to fame, right? Exactly. Uh, Ana de la was in it. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada was in. He's he's been. You're gonna recognize him. He's been in a ton of things. A Japanese guy. That's right. He uh, plays Mari the Hardwick. Uh, Tanaka, who's kind of the uh, the catalyst for the whole movie. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Dillahunt has been in a bunch of stuff too. Mm-hmm. I'm struggling to name anything right now, but he's one of those actors. Like you've, <laughs> you've seen this guy in a bunch of stuff. He was just never the lead. Yeah. It's funny outside of Dave Bautista. I don't recognize any of these names, but I definitely recognize faces. Yeah. Oh, well, uh, if I brought, if I gave you a picture of any of these people, you'd be like, Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. Oh, totally. <laughs> and, uh, I, I do also have to say one of the things that stood out was how, um, how diverse this cast was, um, without, feeling like they were like look at our diverse cast you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah it felt yeah they it was just people from and i mean las vegas is a pretty diverse place <laughs> that's true a lot of people get i don't want to say sucked into las vegas because that that sounds meaner <laughs> than i than i wanted to about, i think that's about actually las fair, vegas though. but uh it's definitely a place that attracts people from all over the world and it's not that big a place yeah yeah totally but yeah we had what french german mm-hmm. american mm-hmm. J- japanese mm-hmm. latino yeah yeah it was it was very well represented that was fun and it, it was it, i felt like the cast had the right amount of chemistry for their characters um like how much they've interacted and how much they knew each other like that all felt pretty good i feel like they they really picked a solid bunch of people yeah not seem like oh these two people are way too familiar for people who've known each other for 12 hours (laughs) or vice versa can also you know that happens in movies sometimes yeah that's a really good point it's a really good point yeah the chemistry was exactly what it should be because this team you know, they, they form the team to go in on this mission uh, and they do act like strangers. They do act like they just met, which is great. Yeah. You know, there was no scene of them like, like getting, like working together even. It was just, you know, we're going in. <laughs> How do you feel about the, uh, you son of a bitch, I'm in montage they did? <laughs> so this movie starts with, with two montages, right? There's one in the beginning. Yeah. where they kind of establish the world and say that, you know, some of these characters have already done this once. And then then there's the um the Ocean's 11 gathering of the crew. 
Yeah. Uh, and you know, it, it was, it was cliche, but it's all, it's all part of the game. So I was, I was in for it. I was also very in for it. I thought that was, <laughs> it was a great callback to every time that's happened in movies and it was well done too. It, they didn't spend too long on, on each individual thing. They didn't like, and they didn't have any of the fake outs of the like, oh, I'm not, I'm not coming to your stupid thing. And then they show up during the big gathering <laughs> like they would know where to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead, they had like, there was some character that showed up and was like, you guys are going in there. I'm out. It just like just walks away. And that's the end of him. <laughs> and that guy, like smartest person in this whole movie. Like, that's your plan. Oh, fuck all y'all. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wonder who who played that character because I wonder, you know, it, it feels like one of those, um, one of those like someone that that donated on the Kickstarter, <laughs> or or like a friend of Zack Snyder or something, and he was just he just wanted a line. Yeah, I don't I don't think I recognized him. Right, I wonder. Um, anyway, let's do um, let's do our final thoughts real quick on love it or hate it, and uh, let's let's start doing some spoilers because I can feel them coming up. <laughs> so uh your your final word i i think i don't know that i would like subscribe to netflix in order to get access to this movie <laughs> <laughs> but if you have netflix click the button it's worth watching yeah uh i gotta agree I, i'm gonna say great popcorn film it's not gonna change anyone's lives it's not gonna change uh zombie movies forever um but it's a really well done zombie movie with a whole lot of holes. <laughs> so many holes. Literal and metaphorical. Yeah. So let's start picking them out. Oh, man. Um, oh, okay, sorry. So- and, and, and here we go. Uh, the, the, the night is dark and full of spoilers. Uh, this is the yeah. end of the non-spoiler section. From here on out, you're on your own. Or People. with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Um, what were you about to say? Okay, there was like a ton of references right in the opening conversation. With the the movie starts out, we see some soldiers transporting something. They don't know what it is, so they start going through the guessing game. Now they're right outside Las Vegas, which means they're coming from the Nevada National Security site, which links up with Area Fifty One. So that's where they're coming out of. Did they? Were, was I supposed to know that, or do you just know it? Uh, I know it, but they they do mention consider where we're coming from, and they're right outside Vegas, which. There's only one place that could be. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they start going over the jokes of like how it's, was it, they mentioned the Ark of the Covenant? Yeah, they did. That's where, that, that's where they were like doing some Indiana Jones references. Yeah. Like a whole bunch of them. Um, <laughs> I thought, I just thought that was, that was really funny of like, you know, I, I've never been in a situation where I'm guarding like, top secret or like transporting you know top government secrets uh-huh but i right. kind of hope they do make those jokes <laughs> <laughs> right and it, and it totally makes sense that these like peons of the army would not have any idea what they were actually transporting oh yeah no you there's i mean sometimes it's it can behoove you uh, and it probably <laughs> would have been a lot better like this whole movie would have ended if they had just told them what was in the box they're moving oh yeah because that that's why <laughs> all right so right in the beginning this transport actually gets in an accident with a uh, a just married couple who are having a little bit too much fun on the road 
uh, and they have a head-on collision with this container, um, which at first doesn't unlock. (laughs) (laughs) It's closed. It's still secure. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so they're, so the, the drivers of this container, they're talking about what's in it and that's, what's actually distracting them from their impending doom. I think they're the drivers of the lead Humvee. Oh, okay. And they managed to avoid the accident. Yeah. (laughs) They swerve at the last second, like totally not doing the only job they have. Right. Right. Would be to keep this, (laughs) this big transport safe. So they swerve out of the way of the car. So it hits the transport instead. The container right. is apparently just not attached to the truck, so it just goes flying. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, and then the door stays shut through all that. Right. Right. And then it and dramatically just flips itself open for no reason. For no reason at all. And uh, what do which, the soldiers do about it? Of course, they immediately blow it up or something or throw an incendiary grenade in the hole, right? Uh, they did not do that. Oh, what did they do? <laughs> Did they just stand around looking at it? That's basically exactly what they did. Oh, yeah. Then it probably would have been a good idea to tell them what was in the box. It probably would have. Yeah. And um, the only man who knew enough to point his gun in the hole uh, also allowed himself to be very easily distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was uh, that was bungled a little bit. Um, Yeah. But also, you know, it had to happen because otherwise the movie ends at like of course two. of course yeah we, we need a lot of there's always there always needs to be something really stupid in the beginning of a zombie movie right a lot of accidents to be fair in the real world yeah. are caused by some really stupid circumstances <laughs> so true um yeah and uh, at that point their their commanding officer or whoever was relaying their command their commands from base was actually telling them not to engage this box or not try to protect the box um, just bail. but to bail they, they literally said run away and what the heck good would that be and why are they there <laughs> like it's a box and it, since we're in the spoiler section it's a box with i mean it's obvious it's a box with a zombie in it Right. I wasn't sure when we were watching, like, is it a zombie or is it just like a virus container? It's a zombie. Yeah. And like, and- if the, the soldiers aren't there to protect it from getting stolen, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, presumably no one knows what's in this container as it's being transported at night through the outskirts of the Nevada <laughs> desert. And I also am like, where were they going? So true. Because where they were is an enormous complex in the middle of the desert with all kinds of facilities to do research and stuff. Right. So they were like, what, taking it to LA? Like, what? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it, already in the best place for it, right. wherever it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a little unclear. Yeah. But the only reason to send a bunch of soldiers with it, armed to the teeth and ready to go, would be in case something happens... But they don't right. know what's in there. They they don't have orders to blow it up or shoot it or anything. They just like, yeah, it's it was a little weird. And then they get the order to just like, oh, it opened? Well, I guess just bail, run away. Yeah, run away. Also, um, I, I feel like there was a, an opportunity somewhere in here to give an origin to the zombies. Um, but instead, we just kind of have this patient zero that has no origin. I do, yeah, I don't know if, if that hurt. I mean, to me, it doesn't really matter. It, oh, yeah, there you're are right. zombies. It's a zombie movie. Like we, right. That's a foregone conclusion. At least we got a 
what felt like an interesting origin for like why Vegas and what started the outbreak. Right. Okay. Like we don't know that he's a zombie. Maybe he's some other kind of, you know, weird zombie creation. Who knows? He bites people. They turn into zombies. That much we know. (laughs) And why did this happen? There was a traffic accident because someone decided to drive a car at night while getting a blowjob. Yep. Yeah. And that's, you know, I feel like the uh, army should have been ready for that contingency. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a car will be on the road. (laughs) Oh, and of course, you know, the car hits the truck and they both just explode because that's what happens. (laughs) So true. All right. So after the zombie um, makes his escape by taking out this entire uh, small brigade of army soldiers that have no idea how to do their job. Um, we go into a, um, an opening montage of the zombie outbreak, people being turned, um, the casinos falling to the damned. And of course, uh, Batista along with several of the other lead characters, um, are part of the, the group that has to go and clean up. They kill a lot of zombies. They kind of, I guess they carve the way for the government to build a wall around Vegas. Um, but you know yeah, that's the idea you know, I got. What was that? Yeah, that's that's the impression I got of like what they were doing. Yeah. And you know what I kind of thought throughout most of this movie is I want to see the movie that they showed in this montage. <laughs> <laughs> they skipped like this amazing action film to get to another action film. Like it just kind of felt like why can't we see that one? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that a lot of, of large scale military operations are, are really tedious. <laughs> and I feel like if you, if you think for a minute, what, so they've, con- in, when the, when the montage is over, they've contained Vegas in a wall of shipping containers, three containers high. Uh huh. If you think about how many containers that is. <laughs> How many miles and, how long and miles they must have spent just murdering locals and <laughs> stacking containers? Like I'm not, yeah, that's a long movie, right? Yeah, and for me, it's like, all right, so what? You, so you so you start building this wall. You get the mile. You get a mile long wall, which is like you know one degree of this 360 mm-hmm. degree circle around the city. What's preventing the zombies from leaving at that point? Well, nothing, and I don't think they were necessarily trying to leave. Was the okay. They weren't trying to leave, um, but insofar as they were, I mean, there was clearly some kind of perimeter set up where, you know, you get far enough out, you get shot by machine guns. <laughs> so most of the zombies are kind of concentrated in towards, yeah. towards the middle, not specifically where they're building the wall. Like the wall uh-huh. is probably a little bit further back than that. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Again, suspension of disbelief. You just kind of got to go with it. Yeah. It's yeah. a thing that happens in the because the screenwriter said that's what happens. Uh-huh. And then um so now now we get into their their kind of day in the life um now that the now that the zombies have been contained um Scott Ward uh, which is Dave Batista's character he's now working in a in in like a diner kitchen. Um mm-hmm. Vandero is doing like physical therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, those are the only two they really showed what they were doing now, right? There was a, um, what's, the, what's the guy who would like sneak in and kill zombies, uh, for his YouTube channel? Um, oh yeah. Uh, Guzman. Guzman. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, and that's the other thing. Like they need, they needed this, um, this coyote to get them inside. But obviously, uh, Guz, Guzman, he's, he's yeah. getting in there all the time. Well, we don't know that. We don't know that that might've been what he was doing until the wall was done or something. I guess so. We know I he guess. has like a, a YouTube channel or a TikTok or something <laughs> where he, and he's setting up trick shots for killing like three zombies with one bullet and stuff. Right. And it was pretty funny. Yeah. And I was. mean, I hope someone grabbed his, his handle. Oh, like didn't so that his <laughs> YouTube channel's not lost. <laughs> right. <laughs> so at this point, um, Bautista gets his call to action because, um, you know, this, this Japanese, was he the casino owner? Was this his casino? Unclear. I, yeah. It was named after him. Well, it had the same name as him. Right? Yeah. Or something. Yeah. So, uh, this guy named Tanaka says, Hey, there's this casino. It's got, um, it's got a vault. It's got 200 million in it. If you can get the 200 million out, you'll keep 50, which seems like a raw deal to me, but, um, but okay. Suspension of disbelief again. Yeah. I was again, we, we mentioned this while we were, we were watching the movie. I was expecting him to give them like a key card or the combination to the safe or something as like, you can't do this heist without me. So that's why I get most of the money. <laughs> right. And instead he's like, and you also have to bring a safe cracker because it's locked in. And it's like, you don't know the combination. <laughs> like, this is so rude. Right. Yeah. I feel, I feel like anybody could have showed up and been like, Hey, uh, you know, in, in Vegas, there's a bunch of casinos and they have vaults and there's money in the vaults. If you can get the money, give me most of it. <laughs> right. Which is like, of course there is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's our that's our call to action, uh, which leads the entire rest of the movie. We're gonna go get this money, um, and of course, you know, we have some heartfelt reasons for it, right? So now, um, uh, Batista wants the money to give to his daughter because his daughter's working with refugees. And here's I didn't get the refugee camps; they weren't refugee camps; they were quarantine camps. But they were yeah. quarantined against zombieism. But we've already established that zombieism happens very fast. And you have to be bitten. Yeah, like seconds. But now it seems like people have been in these camps for like months, potentially years, under quarantine. I, I think that they are refugee camps, and they were just using some confusing nomenclature. That, that could be what it was. Because they're moving these people to Barstow, and it's... I'm a little confused as to why, like, why you would <laughs> keep people anywhere near this wall. Right. Because they're like right up against the wall on the outside. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like, yeah, why are there you like, not 50 miles from it? And then just like sprinkle landmines everywhere. Yeah. And at some point it felt like the, the two quarantine camps, there was one right outside Vegas, outside the wall. And then there was Barstow, which seemed to be a different camp, but then people yeah. kind of moved between them as if they were one in the same. No, they were all being taken to Barstow. They were evacuating this, the camp at McCarran. They mentioned it was at McCarran Airport, and they're uh -huh. in the process of moving everyone to Barstow permanently. Okay, okay. So it must still why be a fairly new them? camp. Well, well, you have to get into why why everyone has to be moved away from the wall. There's an oh, sorry. Mode. Oh, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. Go for it. No, I think you should say it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're testing how much I'm paying attention to this movie. Okay, so um, the uh, the president of the United States has decided that in order to end this whole um, zombie thing, he's going to drop an atomic bomb on Vegas to wipe them out. 
Uh, and I think we're down to what, 32 hours until this bomb's going to drop, which was a very late, uh, late fourth quarter decision, it seems. Well, they have to drop it on a specific day right after sunset on the 4th of July because of how patriotic that would be. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, I, I think that could be um, could be in, in, in relation to who our uh, president was at the time of the writing. <laughs> I mean, there is a Sean Spicer cameo in the movie. Which was really funny, right? What was he doing in there? Yeah, that was weird. I don't know, like... I don't know if they cut that out of other interviews or if they like got him to come in and play a role for this movie. <laughs> I mean, he, I don't remember when he got booted from that job, but I assume he hasn't been on camera a lot since, right? Right. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, 4th of July. Um, and for most of the movie, that's when we're expecting it. <laughs> but again, late fourth quarter decisions pushes it forward along the way. Yeah, because apparently having like three days before you get nuked just wasn't enough time pressure. Yeah, it wasn't enough. For, en- for Mr. <laughs> Snyder. Enough. He's like, nah, man, we got to up the stakes. Exactly. All right, so it, around the same time Bautista is getting his call to action, we meet Gita and Kate. Kate is, I keep saying Bautista, but I'm going to use his character name, which is, of course, Scott Ward. Not a great, not a great character name. Just doesn't fit. Bautista. Now that, that's a name. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. He didn't look like a Scott Ward, but you know, no. sometimes people name their kids weird stuff. Yep, totally. So we meet Gita and Kate. Gita and Kate are in the refugee camp. They're volunteers helping with the refugees. Um, they're of course dealing with the um, the 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 strong arm of the guards who seem to take advantage of their situation. Specifically, one. Do you remember his name? The cop. The rapist. The cop. Yeah, the rapist cop. Who no, was that? I don't give a fuck what his name was. <laughs> was it Cummings? Was it Burt Cummings? It was Burt Cummings, yeah. Yeah. Okay, pay, played by Theo Rossi. Um, Who yeah, did a great guy, job. Uh, no no hate for that actor. He played a creep so well. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, just so gross. Yeah, there, in, and, in, in, in a way that, you know, is appropriate. Exactly. Abolish ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, they, they want to, they're also talking about robbing a casino because with a little bit of money, they think they can buy their way out of quarantine along with, oh, so Gita is one, she, is she one of the, she's one of the refugees. Yeah. yeah, She's one of the refugees, refugees. She's got a couple kids. They're trying to get out and, and yeah, if they could turn up like five grand, they could buy their way out. So, well, her, uh, I think her, her issue is they're going to get transported to this other camp in Barstow and then they're just going to be in Barstow. Yeah. No, I don't know no if one... you've been to Barstow, but other than <laughs> other than the original Del Taco, which is in Barstow, is that is true? The visit it is, and it's it, they have a they have a, a different menu there. They have some of their original items on the menu. So oh, next time fantastic. you're in Barstow, just go hit up the original Del Taco. That other than that, <laughs> Barstow <laughs> is kind of terrible. So she's worried that she's just going to be stuck in Barstow with like no way to give her children a better life. Right. So she's going to take the chance with this, uh, this coyote to go into Vegas through the, you know, into the quarantine zone and just, you know, smash open a slot machine, take whatever you can and get back Uh out. Right. Which doesn't go well. Shocking. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't think they actually showed anybody getting out of there alive up, up until, uh, well, the coyote comes back out. 
Oh yeah, she's she's in and out. She's she's a little she's a little she is definitely a coyote. She's a little fox. Yeah. She, uh, she, and uh, it, like, of course, she, someone would have that job. Like, right. Whenever you set up these these zones and and try to you know corral people into cages, no matter if they're outdoors and really big, yeah, there's going to be people whose job it is to get people and things in and out. That's just how humans work. Totally. <laughs> All right, so we've set up our, our A storyline and our B storyline. Uh, they don't stay separate for very long because Kate finds her way onto the team. Um, because Gita, uh, Gita, Geta, Gita. Gita. Yeah, she's, uh, she, she paid off the coyote. She's stuck in there, and now Kate wants to help get her out. Kate has no experience fighting off zombies. Uh, <laughs> but, and but of course with, she has to go in after her friend because her friend has kids. And, you know, she said to take care of the kids if something should happen to her. So now Kate has to go in and rescue her because if she fails, then no one can take care of the kids. Right. And I think this is the point where the, oh man, the kids were like, they didn't seem like they were in the right spot. And who's taking care of the kids this whole time? They don't even get on the bus, do they? Who knows? Plot hole. They just just (laughs) gloss over that part. And like the Kate would risk this. It's right. so weird because they're setting up this character. She just cares so much about these kids that she has to get their mom back and she's willing to risk her life for it. But she's the only person <laughs> <laughs> these kids have left now. Right. And she's like, oh, I'm just going to go in there too. Yeah, just a bad idea. Yeah. Bad idea. Really All right. decision making. So we get the team put together, including Tig. Now you said Tig was not originally cast in this movie. No, Tig was not originally in this movie. So what happened there? A... A uh, different comedian was shot in this movie, and then some sexual assault allegations came to light. And uh, because of COVID nineteen, uh, Zach shot all of Tig scenes just with Tig like, alone, <laughs> because because of the actual pandemic. And then they somehow doctored that in to the original movie scene. Fantastic. And it, uh, like, there was one spot I thought I saw s- some artifacting, uh-huh. but also like I was looking so hard for it that I don't right. know if, like, if I didn't know, I, I don't think I could have, it was really good. And yeah. Tig is perfect for that role. Like, Zach should be ashamed that Tig wasn't <laughs> cast originally. <laughs> yeah, she did great. But, and you know what was interesting? When we... When we first meet Tig, she's like behind a fence, um, and it's Bautista and someone else on the team trying to convince her to, to come in. She calls herself a he, but then they say she. she does? So I'm, I was wondering, yeah, she did. She 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 like referenced herself as a man, and I was wondering if really? if that's like a leftover from the old character. But then they kind of like didn't catch that. They kind of do an aside and say that you know she's being weird. She's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I but for the rest I, of the movie, it it wasn't it didn't feel like they were like they were just squeezing her into someone else's role. It definitely felt no, like, absolutely were, not. like she was yeah. part of the movie. Yeah. Hundred percent. Which was pretty awesome. And a and a testament to uh the better CGI that they had in this movie. I, f- I feel like kind of like with Mad Max Fury Road, where uh-huh. there's there's some CGI, but then there's a bunch of CGI that you never knew was CGI. Right. And that's the really good CGI. Uh, yep. And I felt like that with this. Like, you, it didn't look like a character was CGI'd in. And part of that is, of course, like, it's a real human person. 
<laughs> Always helps. It's not, you know, a CGI character. They yeah. Didn't, they didn't make a digital copy of Tig. In, well, or maybe they didn't. We just couldn't tell. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, right. Tig felt like absolutely grounded in like every scene that, that was there. Totally. And it's hard to act with nobody. So, I mean, Amazing even better... Job. Even better for her to be, you know, talking to a green screen or maybe mm-hmm. a puppeteer or, you know, someone or off maybe camera. just Zach. It could have been Zach. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, well done. It was a very Ocean's Eleven moment as they went around and collected everybody. Um, was, and and yeah, once they got good. the team put together, um, they they get the coyote. Oh, and, and also, um, they have now the oh, Tanaka's head of security joins them yes uh definitely no way he's going to be a mole of any kind no <laughs> last minute thrown onto the team wears sunglasses yeah. yep and also officer cummings uh joins on the coyote's request um because she says we need one more guy and um so he gets he gets brought into the into the group and they all head inside the wall by just simply kind of walking through um one of the storage containers yeah which seemed like a very simple way to get in and also a very simple way to get out if they didn't have a helicopter pilot <laughs> i mean they yeah it, maybe they're locked from the inside right I don't know. maybe and again suspension of disbelief because that comes around again where where the coyote and the um head of security guy uh i can't say it well i guess i can say it now but they you know the head of security guy he's not interested in the money uh, he's he's definitely he's got his own mission which is to get the head of one of these alpha zombies and take it back out and they're at the entrance for some weird reason they're where they came in and he doesn't just leave i don't get that yeah i don't i don't know man that that was a that one. for me was the only like really big plot hole <laughs> that wasn't covered by like well it's a zombie movie everything's ridiculous yeah. of like um, he has what he came for and he's clearly within walking distance of where they came into this place. Right. Why is he rejoining the team to yeah. go out with the helicopter at all? Like, why? Yeah. Why didn't he just walk at that point? Right. Yeah. You would think that Tanaka could have, like, sent a Humvee or something to pick him up. Or, you know, they had right. options. Because, like, yeah, he'll end up in the refugee camp. Like, okay. But, are, like, are you telling me he couldn't bribe his way out of there with Tanaka right? money? Yeah. That know. was a weird one. Anyway, yeah. um, so when they're first walking in, um, they mention the Shamblers, and the Shamblers are just zombies, uh, just a different name for them. They're the the zombier zombies, not the smart ones. Um, and they they're said the, something yeah, about the slow bird brains. Those zombies. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> brain zombies. And they said something about how they kind of like cooked themselves by staying in the sun too long and dried out, and so they're just like these dusty. Uh, corpse bodies that are piled up along the wall and then the coyote says something like you don't want to see them when they get rained on because they come back to life do you remember that yeah and i was like i was like yes this is going to be awesome when they get a little bit of water on them and we get these like half melted dust zombies that'll be great it didn't happen no I was so disappointed. I was like, you can't set that up. Like, leave that line out. These are just dead zombies. We're done. But you can't say, don't get them wet like gremlins and, and then not are, get them wet not like, like gremlins. There are not like a few of them laying up against the wall. They're <laughs> stacked like 20 high. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be amazing when this happens. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> that was that was one of my um, handful of disappointing teases. Yeah. That the other one, uh, and I'll do this right now just because it's kind of fun. Um, Vanderhoe, they show him using a um, a, a yeah. cement saw to kill zombies during the opening montage. So and then cool. he makes sure to bring this amazing saw with him on this mission because it's like fully he, customized and painted. Yeah. It's and he baby. doesn't let other people touch it. Right. And then it never gets used again to kill a zombie. Nope. It's used to cut some concrete for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> like what the f- Yeah. Yeah, that was that was upsetting cuz the whole rest of the movie we got this badass dude with a saw who just like shoots zombies. Right. With yeah, the, I, he has the saw. He doesn't drop it. They don't like make a point of like, oh no, my saw. Like he brings it with him everywhere. Carries I don't know if you've ever lifted one of these things, but they lug this heavy ass piece of machinery around <laughs> and just like I'm just not gonna use it. Right. And they never say, Hey, bring your saw, we might need to cut some concrete. <laughs> it was nope. definitely like this is my zombie killing weapon. Yep. And it never kills another zombie. Nope. Oh man. So, so disappointing. Why? Why? Why do you do this to us? (laughs) And I get it. Like, all right. So uh, George Miller is famous for adding stuff in like his movies that don't necessarily make sense. He's kind of a chaos director. It Mm -hmm. makes it feel a little bit more grounded in the real world to not have everything have a special meaning. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. In this case, I don't think it worked. Yeah, I agree. Why? Like, why not just use it? Just use it once one more time or you know just like just like with the with the dried zombies like just leave that line out just just don't make it so important to him or have it have it not be so prominent right. during it, our it'd introduction be a different thing if there was a lot of those details because i feel like the the one of the reasons it works in george miller's movies is because there's a lot of that peppered in right there's a lot of references to things you don't see and in this movie there was not there was like a couple references to things you don't see and then you kind of expect it to pay off in some way right and it does not yeah all right so almost right away um the the coyote uh kills not kills she maims cummings with his own gun uh in a very deserving shot to the leg and then ties him up and he's going to be um a, a gift to the zombie, to the intelligent zombies, so they can have safe passage, which I don't know how the hell you learn this trick. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I could, maybe she was transporting someone through there and they, they grabbed one and everyone just like kind of lowered their weapons and right. the zombies backed off or something. I don't know. Yeah. But apparently there's some kind of territorial thing going on inside Vegas where there's these local zombie warlords i guess who are smarter than the shamblers mm-hmm. who can at least on some level be reasoned with yeah but it it didn't make a ton of sense to me again suspension of disbelief i keep saying it man um because at any point here the zombie the smart zombies could easily send a horde of zombies to capture these people and have them all so what good is one one offering when they could easily overpower this this group of mercenaries. Maybe they don't want them all. <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but that doesn't seem to be uh, the way the rest. I of mean, the movie we don't goes. see them out hunting either. That's true. Like maybe they're just trying to live their lives. Yeah, 
I don't know. Yeah, and we do get little hints of of these zombies' culture. Like, you know, they bring Cummings in, they put him in a pool. Um, they they you know, it's like a ceremony to turn him. Um, we find out later that um, Gita, along with two other women, have been held captive this whole time. Like, they're supposed to get turned at some point. Uh, but yeah, so we don't really find out much more about their culture other than they're a little bit smarter. And yeah, sometimes they, they think in terms of fairness. <laughs> I, I think maybe they were trying to breed. Well, yeah, and that's the thing too, because this, um, this zombie queen... Um, she turns out to be pregnant with a zombie baby, which is blue for some reason, which is blue. And there's a very interesting color thing here where the blue baby turns red, but it's not like the blue baby turned red. It's like the whole screen turned red, like the color correction changed. Yeah, it was. And there was, yeah, there was just two other zombies, right? That had like the glowing blue eyes for some reason. Right. I, that also was like, that felt like it was supposed to be a, like, I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> I know. And yeah, there was that one zombie um, during the, one of the last sequences in the casino who got shot in the face and almost looked like he had um, like, like a, like a metal skeleton. Um, he kind of looked like a T-9000 yeah, where, know, after man. he got shot. And it, it, we, that was the one spot I was like, can you, can you go back? Cause I missed this. And it definitely looks like he was a robot zombie. And then they, you know, there's there's no reference to it. There's no close-up. So I don't even know if it was a real thing or not. Yeah. Yeah, strange, I don't know. Strange it stuff. I don't know what to think about that one. Yeah, so they run into these smart zombies who can mm-hmm. at some point be reasoned with. And she says they have to get off the streets um, because that would be like too cocky or something to walk, <laughs> just walk around on the street. They have to go indoors. Uh-huh. They find a bunch of I Am Legend sleeping zombies. Right. And this is where the, the, the mole first, just as I'm telling you as we're watching this, that he hasn't really done anything suspicious, even though everyone says he's super suspicious, he right. finally shows his cards and tries to sneakily off one of the crew. Which was really funny because, yeah, she, well, she, first off, she showed her cards too soon, right? Why would you tell yeah. someone you're going to call them out once we get through this next bit? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. But um, it seems pretty obvious that everyone's skeptical of this guy, and rightfully so. Right. Because um, he's definitely the babysitter. He's the chaperone, and you don't know what his motivation is at any point. Right. Um, and so, yeah, she, she kind of tells him that she's skeptical, which everyone else is thinking. She's just saying it. And so he decides she's the first to go. Yeah. And... Just so stupid. Right? They're in, in, so they're navigating these halls that are full of zombies that are asleep. They're standing up, but they're sleeping. So you can't shine lights at them for some reason, and you can't like touch them or they'll wake up. Mm-hmm. And he decides he's going to send her on the wrong path through <laughs> these zombies. And I'm like, what do you think is going to happen if she accidentally wakes all these up? Right. Or like, yeah, I don't I don't know what his plan was there because he almost gets killed. Everybody almost gets killed. Because of course that's what happens. Exactly. And I'm just like, how did you think this was going to play out, man? Right? <laughs> yeah. And then okay, so so yeah, she kind of gets trapped in the zombies and she takes out more than her share. Good god. That was actually a great sequence. She she, Does she her character the most was super powerful of anyone in the in the movie. What's that? Does she kill the most zombies of anyone in the movie? Uh, 
she she got the best like close up follow her action of the whole movie of just following one person killing a bunch of zombies um there were some machine guns that came out later that probably took out some more but i think she got the best kills by far she's definitely in the running at least of like most kills absolutely yeah so she's actually doing a great job fighting these zombies off and um of course the chaperone what the heck was his name I always, I, it's really hard to follow everybody. There's just a lot of characters in this. A lot of characters. Um, was he Martin or? He Garrett? was Martin, yeah. Yeah, Garrett, played by Garrett Dillahunt. Uh, an, another really fine acting job there. Um, yeah. He, really easy to hate him, you know? Um, so he decides to lock her in the room as he makes his escape. But of course, now there's zombies on, on that side of the door, on the other side of the door. Uh, it seems like she's just gone forever, except she manages to crash through a glass window, still fighting off zombies. And this is another one of those spots where I don't know if, if, if Snyder did a good job of like painting the battlefield, but it felt like the entire rest of the crew was close enough to help her, and just they didn't. They were. No, you can see them in the background. They were 100% right there, and everyone is just watching her get killed by zombies doing nothing. It was infuriating. Oh, yeah. It was one of those moments where just like, there were a lot of those moments, because you in zombie movies, you're always yelling at the, at the cast. You're always there. Yeah. You know, you're yelling at them like, "Why are you doing this stupid thing?" And that was one of the stupidest things I've seen yet, because um, uh, oh, I lost it again. Martin um, somehow manages to convince everyone she's she's gone. We should go, but she was nowhere close to gone. Right? She's like, she's still killing zombies when he says that. <laughs> like, at the, even if you think she's not going to survive. At least help her kill the zombies. Yeah, you're there to kill some zombies, and plus you're there. They were like twenty feet away. Like once these zombies get her, they are next. Like I don't know. But of course, you know, had she survived, she would have outed Martin, and then a bunch of the movie can't happen for some reason. But (laughs) so I'm a little confused as to why she didn't just die off screen. Yeah, had they left her behind the door, it would have been way more impactful. Because then Martin and her could have done that. They, you know, they look at each other. She knows he's betrayed her. He knows that he's he knows now she a- has to die. Exactly. And they could have had that moment, and then he could have caught up with everyone else and just be like, you know, uh, she she's dead. They got her. Yeah. And I don't like I I. So when she comes back and isn't dead, I sort of expected Martin to shoot her or something. I was. I, that's what I was thinking too. And like that's why they did it, so that everyone else would have like a solid reason to wonder about him. Uh-huh. Where he's like, "Oh, I saw her get bit, so he shot her." Yeah, but that just doesn't happen. They just all stand there and watch her get killed for no reason. <laughs> right. Oh man. So at this point, we um, uh, after they get away from this horde of zombies, uh, the team finds another set of plans for the vault which makes them realize that tanaka had other teams go first and they said teams but it you know it only implies one other team so far yeah well i mean maybe the other team just didn't get as far yeah 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 exactly if you sent one before why not three <laughs> totally um but yeah so now they're starting to wonder what tanaka's thinking uh and of course you know if tanaka wants this money you know whatever his motivation is if the first team didn't get it why not send another team like I, that yeah, makes sense I don't- I don't understand why anyone was shocked about that. Right, exactly. Like, why wouldn't he have started sending teams in day one? Totally. Totally. 
Um, and and this is when um, this is around the time when a lot of the character conversations started popping up. Like cr- now we're going to create some relationships. Um, yeah. Like in between these these small action sequences of fighting off zombies here, fighting off zombies there, we're going to have you know characters kind of pair off and have these really mistimed <laughs> conversations <laughs> about their relationships. Because sometimes in in a, a movie. You'll have, and I, I thought Saving Private Ryan did this really well. Yes. Where there's like a walking conversation, right? Uh-huh. You're doing something else anyway, so you might as well be having this conversation. Right. But in this movie, they just like stop what they're doing during this super time critical life and death situation uh-huh. and just like, let's just face each other and have a conversation in this hallway. Exactly. You're like, right. They, what are they, you they could doing? have fixed it. They definitely could have fixed it with some walk and talks or. By having them like need to hide out overnight at some point, you know, yeah. because that's another thing they do is like, you're, you know, you're, you're bunking down for the night. You get your safe space. Mm-hmm. Now we can have those conversations and you could fit a few of them in and it wouldn't feel weird. Yeah. But they don't do that. They decide no. instead <laughs> for everyone to put everyone's life in danger for no reason at all, just so they can stop and have a chat while other people are counting on them to get a job done. Exactly. And meanwhile, we're... We're we're on a time crunch already, and the time crunch for some reason keeps like skipping ahead, shorter and shorter. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, you know, at some point there's like a missing half hour where they say we have ninety minutes. How long is it going to take you to open the safe? About thirty minutes. He gets and it, it almost seemingly like he too gets it soon. Done. Yeah. And and then they're like, we've got twenty minutes to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Why though? Yeah. And I, it's it's becoming a Hollywood thing. I think. Uh, solo a Star Wars story has suffered from that during the opening heist. We're like, why does everything have to resolve at the last possible second? Mm-hmm. The stakes are not lower because you're done with five minutes to spare. <laughs> like you're either going to get this done or you're going to die. These are like the two ways out of the situation. If you don't die at the very last second, that's the same result as if you got done a day early. That is so true. I don't know why filmmakers keep thinking you have to push things. Like, it's not more exciting for me because you say, we only have 20 minutes left. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and, and around the same time, I forget exactly where in the movie, but the president has now decided that 4th of July would be inappropriate, <laughs> uh, which again, I, I think is kind of going to some of um, 40, 44? 44, right? 45. 40, 45. 40, some of 45's walkbacks, you know, when he tweets one thing and walks back and says, oh, okay, yeah, that was dumb. I'll do this instead. Um, I was joking that first time. <laughs> totally. Yeah, it was just a joke. Um, but he decides, you know, the 4th of July is an inappropriate time to blow up Las Vegas. Uh, so we're going to move the date. Uh, and unlike any government planning of all, all time, uh, they decide to move it forward by 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. We'll do it just before the 4th of July. Yeah. Not like wait till next week or something. Like, what is the time crunch here? Exactly. And yeah. they're evacuating all these refugees at the very last second. Like, wouldn't wouldn't that impact their thing? Yeah, you would You would imagine, you know, give us a couple days to like what make sure there's the no stragglers. That's like surrounding this wall. They need to pull back now suddenly with like 24 <laughs> hours less to move all their stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it yeah, kind of felt like, um, oh, we can't. 
launch the uh, the space program rocket on Sunday because there's going to be bad weather. So we're going to move it ahead. Like that never happens. You Let's always delay. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you never move things ahead. And and also, it, it's not just that they move it up because that that could see like if your only concern is you don't want it to happen on the fourth of July. Like okay, pick the third or the fifth. Like it doesn't matter. Right. But this decision happens when there's like an hour and a half left until the exactly. bomb drops, which is like so weird because it's not, we're going to move instead of doing it in five days, we're going to do it in four. That's not the decision. The decision right. is instead of doing it in 26 hours, we're going to do it right now. Exactly. Which I don't know what the, um, what the protocols are, but there were, there was probably a lot of people in a launch room somewhere just freaking the fuck out. <laughs> Like I, the rocket's not ready yet. <laughs> I mean, they they launched they 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 launched pretty quick. I guess so. I Thankfully. guess so, but I don't know. It that, it didn't make sense to me. Yeah, no, that but, decision was very forced. And it, again, it was another like, and it was in a whole sea of raising the stakes situations, right? Right. Because we had the the safe cracker telling them, "Oh, you disturbed me, so I have to start over." And on the third try, the safe locks forever for some reason. <laughs> right. Which is also like, don't build a safe like that. Are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No one after... wants their money gone forever because you fucked up the combination. Right. And they kind of glossed over the fact that he'd been agonizing over this safe for any amount of time at this point yet. Yeah. Like, it seemed like he had been at it for five minutes and he was like, oh, you guys really disturbed me there. Could you please be quiet? Right. Which uh, Snyder seems to again, think was... Like, why would you not tell people this beforehand so they don't barge <laughs> into the room? There's a lot of unnecessary raising of the stakes that I felt like the stakes were already there. Right. Yeah, and for uh, you know this crack team of mercenaries, they had some of the worst communication of any team in any movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of maybe the, uh, the clowns in the beginning of The Dark Knight. Well, I feel like they were, at least there was an intent behind their lack of communication. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that, that um, was weird. Yeah, so, um, oh, and along with the, the bomb, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, as far as moving the bomb forward, uh, there could have been a, a motivation for this. Like, you know, zombies could have been breaching the wall somewhere and, and some general could have been like, hey, uh, they're breaching the wall. I don't think we've got 24 hours. We need to go now. Like one, nope. one 90 Twitter second backlash. scene. That's what we're going with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's just little things like that peppered throughout the movie where it was just like, oh man, don't take me out of this right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and uh, you had a few of those along the way too. Like, you know, this isn't how weapons work. There. Yeah. And I, so I'm, a bit of a, a firearms nerd. So I know that like most people don't care. Mm -hmm. I'm just a little bit like, why though? Right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was several instances of the famous, you know, semi-automatic pistol goes click five times when you're out of ammo for some reason. Uh -huh. Even yeah. Though Cause, cause you always try the other, the next chamber, of course. <laughs> right. Like, okay. And there's the Dave Bautista super soldier clearly like a highly trained military man who like runs out of ammo and like, I know what, what the, the program reaction there should be. Glance down at the chamber, see if it's a misfire or an empty mag, switch the mag. This is like, this should be a robotic movement for him. 
Right. And no, he like stares at it, tries to pull the trigger again. It doesn't work, and he yells "fuck." It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, why, just reload. Like, why is, you could have already switched to a sidearm or reloaded in this time. Exactly. Like we know, you know, this is going to happen with any right. weapon. You're like firing automatic fire into a horde of zombies. <laughs> you know, it's not going to go on forever. And not just like, is this a man who's like trained military man in a new situation? They've already established that he spent who knows how many months. Like shooting zombies here, where right. this is happening right now, right? Yeah, yeah and I don't, it's weird. and th- that that exact cir- circumstance can work. We've seen it work before, not in this movie, but all right. So let's say you know he's taking out these zombies, taking out these zombies. He's down to the last one, and it's like right up in his face. He he pulls the trigger, it clicks, and then without looking at the gun, without making it sound like oh this is unexpected, you say fuck because now you're fucked, right? Right. Because that's the fuck, is that the timing was bad. Exactly. Not like, this magazine is now empty. Like, yes, that's what happens <laughs> if you keep shooting. Yeah. And we've um, seen, like, we've seen filmmakers make three John Wick movies by now. <laughs> like, like, audiences know at some point what, like, proper firearms handling by a trained professional looks like on film. That is true. Yeah, you don't need to know a lot about firearms to to know because it it over time it actually has gotten better. I think filmmakers yeah, have gotten better sure. about showing how firearms work. And sometimes they apparently forget. Because yeah. it, like when you watch John Wick go through a a firefight, it has a look to it that looks the same way it looks when people train how to use firearms. <laughs> and yeah. uh a lot of this movie gets that right. And, mm-hmm. and then whenever it's convenient for the screenwriter, they just get it very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, because they, um, who was it? A- Anna, right? Is that her name? Um, uh, Ella, play, played by Kate Ward. Um, she has a, a pistol in her that she's firing, and it fires the last bullet that is that it has, oh, yeah. and then she clicks it again, and now the chamber stays open, which should have happened on that last yeah. bullet. It's like, yeah, I, it's a Glock. Mo- like when yeah, you shoot the, the last round in a Glock, you know what just happened because the slide locks open. It moves very differently from, from when you fire it normally. Hmm. Like it's a different feeling in your hand. It makes a different sound. It looks very obvious that like, oh yeah, you, you are out of ammo. And I could see like if it was a high stress situation that she just didn't notice and like tries to pull the trigger it doesn't work and she looks down and notices that the slide is open but that's not right. what happens at all they had to like rig <laughs> up a fake gun to to make it do this wrong mhm yeah it's, that's a weird choice to me yeah and her and uh Dieter the uh German safe cracker um before the movie i don't think either of them had ever fired a weapon but they both uh end up doing headshots like pros uh before th- before oh yeah, the end they, of the movie. They, you know, you show someone to use a gun for five minutes, and they're a expert marksman now. <laughs> and it was like, you know, we, they, you know, they had a scene where Dieter was learning to fire, uh, shooting bottles, and he was a crack shot. That's great, but I don't know if they needed to say that he was like he had never fired a weapon before. Like, you know, just make it so he had. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not as funny though, because <laughs> it's funny when someone's bad at something. Right, but oh, that's man. how comedy works. That, that's a very <laughs> that's a very quick learning curve to <laughs> to be able to get headshots on fast moving targets like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean the uh, the well trained soldiers guarding the convoy in the beginning clearly couldn't. 
<laughs> right? Yeah, because, I mean, all right, so you're going for headshots and, and, and body mass shots, right? But if the body mass isn't working, uh, you could try the head, but they don't. No. 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 And then and then, <laughs> going back to the beginning, I love the two soldiers that run away, like, over the hill, maybe 50 yards. And one of them's like, yep, that's far enough. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you basing that on? Yeah, what do you mean? And why didn't the other guy just keep going? <laughs> so I thought when um, when they got the instruction to run away, I was like, oh, oh yeah, the military has planned for this contingency and they're going to like bomb the shit out of this place now. Oh, that would make they're sense. They're going to just like drop a giant bomb on a road in Nevada. <laughs> and Which would totally make sense. Explain that to Congress later. Nope, that's not what happens. <laughs> they just, yep. Yep, it's out now. Going mm-hmm. to Vegas, gonna go try its hand on roulette. <laughs> Wait, and with when it comes to Vegas, he did end up rule, ruling it. Roulette, he did rule it. Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> I got it. Good pun. Only took me three tries. <laughs> Let me try one more time. And when it comes to Vegas, he did rule it. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> Thanks for the well-timed groan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, moving forward in the, in our story here, uh, this was another very strange thing, um, and we kind of mentioned it before. What's his name? Uh, Martin. It turns out uh, he captures the the zombie queen, uh, decapitates her, and mentions that Tanaka never cared about the money. He wants the head of this zombie so he can make zombie armies. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, again... When he's doing this, he's right by the way they came in. This has to be the way out because the coyotes come in and out before. She did not point out any other exits. Um, he could have left and been done. Right? You know what's an even... Okay, so first of all, great Wayland yutani callback. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're actually, like, they've actually got a secret agent who's actually not there <laughs> to kill the bad guy. He wants to bring one back alive, right? Yep. Because cutting off the head does not kill zombies in, in this universe. Uh-huh. You have to destroy the brain to kill them. So if you just cut off the head, the head stays alive. Yep. Um, which is, is great. But it opens up a couple really big plot holes. <laughs> really big ones that I didn't realize until you just said that. The first one is, why don't you just pay someone, a team, $200 million to walk in through the door, <laughs> grab her head, and leave? Like, why is there a bank heist with a helicopter involved? That's so true. They could have done all of this within the Just first give- hour of arriving. <laughs> it's so easy. Second of all, what the fuck is with the first team then? Why are they all the way into a casino? Yes. Like, why? Why? Yeah. Oh, it's just, no. I didn't makes think the about plan that. really dumb. Yeah. Maybe for a little while he was like, I'll take the money. And then later on he was like, but wait, zombie brains. <laughs> uh-huh. And again, I'm I'm fully for the plot line of like trying to capture a zombie head from uh-huh. not just any zombie because obviously those are easy to come by, but, right. but like one of these alphas that because yeah, if they bite someone, they turn into a smart fast zombie, uh-huh. and and that like has some kind of control over the other zombies, right? There's some I don't know if if it's through the shrieking that they communicate with each other or whatever, but clearly the other zombies like do their bidding. Mm-hmm. So I could, yeah, I could see that. Like that makes sense, but right. Yeah. The, that makes the rest of the movie not make sense. Oh, it does. It, it's a little painful. Doesn't matter though. <laughs> right. I still had fun watching this movie. 
Oh yeah, it was to- tons of fun. Okay, so um, let's see. That pretty much gets us through the storyline. Of course, um, everybody dies. <laughs> everybody a dies. Movie. Except who? Um, the uh, both Gita and Kate. They survive. Yeah, and that was it. Maybe oh yeah lives? no she, she i don't she, i don't think she got out of the helicopter well no but i don't she we know that she died no we don't know yeah if they do army of the dead 2 maybe she could crawl out of that wreckage but i just don't i don't it would be a, that would be a i tough would one. honestly rather see uh i i don't think you need to do a sequel to this movie because obviously vegas got nuked um there's a, a bit of a sequel set up right at the end mm-hmm um that again, I don't. I don't think we need to see. There's. I. I feel. Feel like there's enough world building that there could definitely be some prequel stuff. Yeah, and I exciting. guess that's already on the docket. There's. Um. There's this whole thing about how there should already be in the works. Um. A prequel. Cool. Called what the heck was it? It was in here, but it was all about. Um. Um. D- uh, what these names, man? Dieter. Uh. So Dieter was the, the safe cracker. The, Dieter was the guy who um, could crack the safes, and mm-hmm. I think they're going to do that, like his story, which seems very strange, considering uh, a prequel to a zombie movie, in this movie, most likely, what's that? Of all the compelling characters in this movie. I know. Yeah. And, and yeah, to do a prequel of a zombie movie that most likely takes place before zombies are involved seems a little silly. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently they're also doing a, a spin-off anime-style streaming television show. Oh, that should be fun. Um, and a bunch of the original cast are reprising their roles, I assume, as voice actors. Nice. But uh, I guess the working title huh. is Army of the Dead Lost Vegas. Oh, that's fun. So, so maybe that will be about that story that was in montage in the beginning. Yeah, it could be. That would actually make a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know why it, they wouldn't do a live action of this, but sure. I know. Yeah. Maybe we'll good, finally good get questions. to see that concrete saw in action <laughs> for more than 10 seconds. Yeah. So true. Oh, man, that concrete saw. I wanted to see it in action, but all we got was those, like, you know, music video style montage bits. Yeah. Oh, Bad. well. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, there weren't a lot of creative... Because a, a lot of the zombie genre, I feel like creative weaponry right. is a thing. Yeah, not that there weren't some creative zombie deaths, because the right, yeah. um, like the traps getting to the vault, that was kind of fun. They were, uh, the traps were kind of nonsense, but it was fun. Oh, yeah, they made no sense at all. And once again, <laughs> Indiana Jones reference. Yep. <laughs> um but yeah the the one where the the two walls came and just squished him in place and then they opened it back up and it was just all this goo <laughs> and speaking of which the gore was actually really fun in this movie it was i uh, well done mm-hmm. um well timed and uh-huh not out of place at all yeah yeah it was it was obviously like you know overdone but to a oh, yeah. point where it was, you know, kind of zombie comical. It was, it was yeah. good. Yeah, and like, it should be like that in a zombie movie. I feel like if you're going to totally. make these half dead squish humans that you can <laughs> use as cannon fodder for your thought progression, then you got to have it. You got to have the totally. body parts flying and 
squishy brains. Totally. Yeah. Um, and then what else? Um, that's That was kind of my last note. Gore was great. Um, and the last thing I wrote was, once again, the suspension of disbelief is through the roof because you just got to kind of, you got to watch. And if something sticks out to you, just go, nah, whatever. And keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, but it was a lot of fun. I would, I would watch this again. I would, I would definitely like if someone was like, "Hey, do you want to go see it in the theater?" I would, I would jump on that. Yeah, this, uh, it's, it's definitely worth watching, especially if you already have Netflix. Just, just to- go watch it. Totally. Um, I, I don't rewatch a lot of zombie movies. I, I'm definitely gonna go rewatch this. I'm, I mentioned it before. I do want to see it in, in full surround sound, um, because uh-huh. I, I do feel like be a, a little bit more of an immersive experience right and i don't go rewatch a lot of zombie movies but this is definitely going in like the rotation of zombie movies that i like if i feel like watching some mindless action uh-huh this will definitely be on the list oh cool it's not like rewriting the genre in any way but it's just uh-huh you know yeah i feel like it fits in good with other zombie movies oh totally I'll totally. rewatch this as soon as I'll rewatch. Now, this is not a fair comparison because 28 Days Later did change the zombie genre. Exactly. But I will definitely rewatch this the same way I rewatched that, but maybe for a different reason. Right. And you know what's kind of interesting is, is all right, so this is an of the dead, like Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I think that this is trying to follow that same thing. But of course, they're bringing in different zombies than the of the deads had before the of the deads were always dumb brain eating yep. zombies right and so for this one to then take those and push them to the side where we almost didn't really get a whole lot of like dumb zombie action um i guess we did but it was kind of hard to distinguish anyway um to bring in these more like i am legend vampire zombies that mm-hmm. are you know still still thinking feeling creatures um i thought that was pretty interesting yeah, and a cool yet another other franchise reference with the because there was definitely a bunch of I Am Legend references, right? Um, so what would you do? All right, so if if you could go back and like re-edit this movie, what do you think you would do to oh. fix it to make it like not just a good zombie movie but a friggin' great zombie movie? I think I would. I mean, honestly, I think the edit really is where that happens yeah um i would re-edit some of the hand-to-hand combat and some of the group combat to be so that you could make sense of what was happening (laughs) (laughs) yeah maybe some more wide shots follow you right and make it less about you know hitting those beats of like Mm -hmm. okay now i want a close-up of this happening so therefore that's what's happening regardless of where everyone is in the situation <laughs> of having just like seeing them complete a task would be nice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that you have a feel for like where everyone is in the room. Um, and I'd probably, you know, it'd make me sad a little bit to cut out the, the superfluous characters talking to each other moments that really uh-huh. didn't drive a story in any way. And, and we're mostly there to get a couple of one-liners in it felt uh-huh. like. Because the acting in those was really good. And, you know, we got to see these characters be vulnerable with each other in a way that was fun and and also not typical of the action characters that they were portraying. 
it just didn't fit into the movie. <laughs> like those scenes were all good. It's just they didn't belong where they were in the movie. Exactly. At all. Yeah. Had they been? And I don't a think you can earlier? edit that in a way like you'd have to go reshoot them. Exactly. To be like maybe they're talking about this before they go on the mission or something. Yeah. Um, and who was um, so Scott Ward uh, Bautista's character? He had a love interest that I didn't know yeah. about until right before she died. What was who? Who was that character? Do you remember? That was Maria what was Cruz. Was her name Maria? In yeah. The movie. Did we know that they were romantic no. before? Right then, and and I mean, there was some un. There was not much clarity on why she was going along mm-hmm. with this. Other, I mean, other than obviously being offered millions of dollars. <laughs> um, I feel like in hindsight. Like once once it's revealed that she's really into him, I feel like there there was some acting choices uh, from the actress that were like, oh, that's yeah, no, she's into him. That okay, that explains right. you know some looks or whatever. Um, I feel like his character thinking he had already fucked up that chance previously before we got got to this movie also explained a lot of you know, how he behaves towards her. So I Mm -hmm. I feel like that was like, oh, well, okay. So that was like good acting on both their parts that we didn't know about that explicitly. And they didn't, I do like the fact that they didn't make that a whole thing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the action movie will be like, oh, we have to have the love interest and they have to do all these things. And they just don't. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I I do think that was the right choice, but then it's a little weird to, to keep that scene in where she's like, but I like you, you idiot. <laughs> right. And it definitely felt like that that conversation in particular was definitely right there, right before she dies, so that we cared a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it would have been better situated, again, earlier on in the movie. And I already cared. I already didn't want her to die. I don't... Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a very obvious setup. And I don't, like, you know, maybe you could argue that that was intentional. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of them felt Snyder knew you know, that was going to suck. <laughs> some of them felt like homages to cliche things that happen yeah. in movies. <laughs> but I don't know how much of that also is just you know him trying to get away with you. Guys. Oh, totally, totally. Well, that's some sometimes the thing, right? Like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing that's been done before uh, because right. I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and let's see. Uh, along with the gore being really great, I think the the non CGI non CGI zombies the the makeup the puppetry was awesome oh for sure yeah yeah and uh, some and of the some of the heavy gore makeup and it's hard to tell now sometimes getting, mm-hmm. the cgi is getting so good what is practical and what is um what is cg because you can what add a lot to a face now. Right. right uh but either way whoever did it whether it was it was physical props or mm-hmm. cg add-ons a lot of the gore makeup was really good top notch stuff yeah um and i'm gonna throw in one one last uh plot hole here um oh, no so tig is in charge of getting the helicopter that's been <laughs> abandoned on top of a rooftop ready for their escape which uh-huh. is their only escape plan by the way is this yeah, helicopter no that nobody's actually seen they even um, mentioned that they don't have a plan b <laughs> <laughs> and she goes to start it up right in the beginning uh and it it 
kind of explodes. The engine explodes and it catches on fire and she uses a fire extinguisher to put it out. Um, as someone who knows at least 5% more about helicopters than I do, uh, was there any way she was going to fix this thing? I, I have flown helicopters. Uh, and <laughs> not just as a writer either. So, look, there are things that you can fix on that helicopter. And there are mm-hmm. things, I mean, anything's fixable with a shop and spare parts. The way they show that engine, like there could have been an electrical fire and mm-hmm. she could have potentially just ripped some wires out of some nav equipment they don't need and done some stuff. But like, there's an engine overheating badly. There's things around it catching fire and there's the especially bad like sound of metallic clinking parts falling into turbines. <laughs> it's just like, that's just done. Like there's no fixing that. Like right. It is just take the engine out and put in a different one because this one is toast. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was that was some that was some nonsense. Yeah, and then she tried to start it again, and it wasn't going well. And this is when the entire cast is getting up to the rooftop. Like, we need our escape plan to happen now. Oh, yeah, she's because like, Give the me nuke is going to drop on us in like nine minutes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know this engine that sounded like a a, a forty six Buick. I don't even know if they made Buicks back then. Um, trying to start suddenly purrs like a kitten. Well, yeah. I mean, Tignataro flipped some switches. That's, <laughs> that's how you fix broken turbines, right? Of course. Yeah. Uh, and then, and, and uh, then they promptly uh, fly Buick 180 has been around degrees since sideways. What was that? Buick has been around since 1908. Oh, so I was good. Yeah. My, my car <laughs> reference fits. Nice. Yeah. What do you think about that move she pulled, like flying sideways down the, down the building? Okay, so the <laughs> the initial move is the correct move for getting off of of that building, of of a hard sideways bank and and letting the helicopter kind of fall off the edge there. Why would you do that? Being chased rather than go up because it's the it's the fastest way away. Because you're instead of if you're just trying to put distance between you and a zombie that's chasing you, like gravity is going to be a lot faster than the engine on this thing. Okay, yeah, because once you're yeah. off the edge of the building, going down a little bit is okay. Yeah. Um, the degree they take it to is utterly, just completely ridiculous and <laughs> not how any of that works. I was trying to think, like, what is the mechanism in a helicopter that could possibly write a helicopter that's flying straight down but at 180 degrees on its side to write itself? No, you... Uh, it's the the move isn't impossible. It, it was just <laughs> exaggerated. A lot. Okay. Okay. Like the cool. recovery isn't as fast as it, it was shown, and definitely the amount of G's they're pulling there right at the end is like, and they have like people are standing up and fighting in the helicopter. As oh it's right, happening. yeah. Like no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like, wh- how much do you weigh? Me? Uh, yeah. One one eighty. Okay. So if they were pulling like say four G's. Hmm. Uh, you think you can squat like three of you? No, not at all. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> While standing in a moving vehicle, wrestling I, something like that's not happening. I mean, at that weight, I'd be lucky if I could even keep my head up straight. Yeah, no, and it it also it messes with your muscles in weird ways because you're you're very used <laughs> to if you're holding onto an object, for example, your body knows how much force to put on all the various muscles in your arm 
to hold mm-hmm. that object out in front of you. And when you just make the object like four times heavier and you also like change the weight of your arm, like the whole body kinematics thing doesn't don't do well. Yeah. <laughs> trying to manipulate <laughs> objects at very high G. Yeah. And and those kind of scenes in the movie felt a little bit like Fast and the Furious, where it was just yeah. let's just go insane because yeah, it was physics cool. don't matter right now. Yep. <laughs> totally. Well, outside of all of its um, shortcomings, it is a fantastic movie. It's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and recommend. even though... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I recommend it. And even though it was two hours and 28 minutes, which probably includes some of the credits, I'm not sure, um, it didn't feel like overly long. It just felt a little long. It didn't feel Zack Snyder long. Right. <laughs> 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 no, I, I agree. It, uh, they they definitely kept the tempo going. I was a little worried when, mm-hmm. when I saw the runtime. I was like, oh, man. And there definitely is fat that could be trimmed out of this movie. Right. Uh, yeah, it and- did not need to be the length it was, but it, it did not get boring at any point. Totally. And it did actually flow when you, when you kind of moved back and you look at the whole storyline. You know, they're going to this place. They're going to this place. This happens. Like all that works linearly enough to be very entertaining for the whole thing. Everything except the guy going back to the entrance to get that head. Yeah. Man, if you actually map that out and be like, you were here. Why would you go back like, into the zombies? You have the what you full need. Of the sleeping zombies? <laughs> Twice? Yeah. After they woke them all up? Like, I'm like, yeah, I have no idea how that happened. And here's my guess. You ready for this? I think that was a budget thing, and they didn't have the money to make another outdoor set. Oh. You, okay, would, so my guess. And... I hope we find out which one is right here. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that scene was not supposed to happen at that point in the movie. That's interesting. You could be right. Yeah, if everyone left and they stayed there for then. Or something. Or something. Or something. Yeah. That's interesting. I like that. Or like they were, t- or maybe he was trying to get out mm-hmm. and he, you know, paid the coyote extra money to like, leave but then they couldn't for some reason right oh yeah that intercepted and then they had to like go back and rejoin the team and that was his only way out that fixes some plot holes but yeah i don't that's true one one um 10 second shot of a army guy on the outside um seeing that the door was open and just going over and locking it welding it like (laughs) yeah yeah i i think there's a yeah i that scene definitely didn't look like it was meant to be where it was in the movie right (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely felt like you know we know 100 percent the camera angles were the same we're back at the beginning there's no avoiding that good times yeah all right cool any final time. thoughts no i think all my thoughts have been early encased in celluloid fantastic you and, are recording um, this on old film stock right oh yeah 100 percent. especially since it's audio only <laughs> Um, I gotta say, you know, as far as Zack Snyder movies go, I think this is gonna sit um, in the better half. I don't think he's gonna get the flack he got for Justice League on this one. Um, But I think part of that is because the zombie genre is supposed to be a little bit goofy. It's supposed to be uh, full of plot holes. Not that it's supposed to be, it just always is. Mm -hmm. Unless you're talking about Shaun of the Dead, which is almost perfect. (laughs) 
there's there's not a whole lot of opportunity in Shaun of the Dead where I'm like, man, that would have worked better this way. No, they he freaking nailed that movie. Yeah, I agree. And for it to be a comedy that gets so much right is really fascinating. Well, I I'm not one of their scriptwriters. <laughs> so I don't know where these decisions were made, but you know, obviously, you know, some art is better than other art and mm-hmm. also sometimes you can tell when someone spends a lot of time working out a concept and and figuring things out and I think I think that's like it's one of the reasons Fury Road is such a good movie. Is they just they totally they ended up spending a lot of time thinking about this and and mentally cutting away parts that don't need to be there. And mm-hmm. sometimes you don't spend that time, <laughs> right? Yeah, because the, uh, the art of writing one out for is, Netflix. <laughs> yeah, the art of writing is rewriting, as yeah. any good writer will tell you. All right, guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed what is probably going to be the longest episode of the Apocalypse Postcast ever. (laughs) We're at an hour and 45 minutes. Thank you guys so much for hanging on. Thank you, Swede, for coming on today. Uh, Thanks for having me, Makeshift. Absolutely. Um, All right, guys. Well, if you enjoyed this episode and our full uh, analysis of the Army of the Dead, uh, including all the good and all the bad, uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this now. It's on YouTube. It's on everywhere you can find your podcasts. Uh, if you did not enjoy this, um, well, send it to your enemies. Am I doing this right? I'm not even doing my own tagline right. But send it to your enemies with a decapitated zombie head that is definitely still alive. And um, we'll see you next time, survivors. Stay alive. Hey survivors, Makeshift here to remind you that the Apocalypse Post is brought to you in no small way by our Patreon supporters. Join the ranks for early access and exclusive content with support levels now named for fancy Fallout-ridden factions like the $2 per creation Drifter or the $7 Wastelander. Knowing you've got my back has helped me dedicate more time to this channel, spreading love of the post-apocalypse and less time on stupid real-world stuff. Sign up right now at patreon.com slash the apocalypse post.